Okay, Houston, we've had a problem here. Say again, please. Uh, Houston, we've had a problem. Hi, I'm Andrew Wallace, and welcome to the We've Got a Problem podcast, where each week we explore inspiring stories of struggle, success, and solutions to prevalent problems and how our guests have turned problems into opportunities. This week, I'm joined by Chad Gerber, who is a platinum-selling musician, patented investor, NFT artist, and founder of the mixed reality technology company Melusine, all of which we're going to talk about today. Chad, welcome to the show. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks for having me on. I love your studio back there. You've got your got your records behind you, and there's also a Frank Sinatra album in the background. Yes, uh, I actually I have a, my buddy. He lives out in uh, the valley. He's a musician, and whenever he gets cool stuff, I I just tell him I'm going to take it. <laughs> we, it's, I mean, we do it since we were kids. So I'll just like I have a pair of sunglasses that I stole from him years ago. But I, he got that like on his birthday. Okay, I just said I'm like I'm just going to need that from you, and he goes, "Don't take my my record." And I was like, "I just need one." Just <laughs> and so then, and then later on, at some point, he like brought it to me. He's like, "Well, because you wanted it." So, I, but there's I, a lot I, of cool like stuff it. in the background there. That do, very important to have a have a relaxed studio. So yeah, how, you you gotta you gotta bring me into to kind of your your path. You grew up in kind of a rural environment, <laughs> did you not? Yeah, yeah, just just a bit. It's it smelled of a cow pasture. And oil refineries. That's okay. the smell of my childhood. Uh, I grew up in a, I grew up in Montana in a like an oil refinery kind of town called Billings, and I yep. I lived outside of it. And uh, you know, it was lots of spaces to roam and herd cattle and whatnot. But as a musician, it was a bit complicated, limiting so, uh, perhaps. That maybe a bit not limiting. So many places to play <laughs> gigs and stuff. Yeah, not really. I, I tried playing some gigs when I was real young, but. Uh, there was, I think, one club, and I wasn't 21, so I couldn't play it. But oh. it was, uh, yeah, it was rural America, which ended up playing a huge role in my whole life since I was kind of disconnected from what I was trying to do. I had to figure out creative ways to get connected. Sure. Well, so, yeah. and how did you get into music to begin with? What was, were you in a musical Gosh, household? Man. Were people just. No, no, we actually didn't listen to music in my household. Uh, I know, it's super weird. And there was no specific, like, reason. It just. Um, happened that way. Although when I was in the car with my mom, she would let me listen to jazz in the classical station. And then at home, I would, I would find they had an old uh, record player. And all I had was a, um, this weird leftover McDonald's Big Mac song on a really, is super, anyways, listen to that. But I didn't have like access to music. And then one day my, my parents were like, you need to take music lessons because it's good for you or something. And then uh, before I knew it, I was playing guitar and and it made sense to my life. And yep. then I was head over heels, you know. So that kicked off, I think, at like seven. So who were your who were your first loves for, for music when you started getting into it? I who didn't, was, you know, I didn't really know who their, what their names were. But I think it was a lot of like B.B. King and stuff. It's just okay. whoever was on the these weird stations. That, you know, and they'd be like, and that was uh, Muddy Waters with a piece on. And so that's basically what I would, li- I was a little kid. I know I was listening. Sure. But I'd go home and. Uh, turn on the radio and I just kind of play to the radio. I was taking classical guitar lessons. So I was learning like classical and all that and then going and making up my own stuff. And then people kind of got wind of it locally and they'd be like, hey, do you want to go play at this thing or do this? And so I said yes to everything. So just, uh, yes, hey, hey, say yes. That's that's a big trick yes. for anybody in life, right? Just say yes. Like, let's yes go. Yes to anything. I played in so many weird bands, projects, groups. 
I mean, I'd be playing the guitar at uh, some weird, you know, cowboy store one day, playing in a church choir the next day, playing anything, uh, garage bands, whatever I could get my hands on. Well, in a way, you're getting your reps in. I mean, that's kind of the cool thing with that's like, it. you know, hey, I uh, I got to play, got to play, got to play. So yeah. you 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 you. You're just saying yes. You're getting out there. You're like you yeah. said. You had to find kind of different ways, innovative ways yeah. to to get yourself out there. Uh, when what what was kind of your first? I, I mean, I, I hesitate to call big break, but what what mm-hmm. kind of transitioned you from uh, <laughs> rural local? Film. Yeah, rural rural <laughs> local artist. You know, cool yeah. guy Chad to. <laughs> More like, I think I feel like I like to think of myself as a as a lone wolf, but I don't okay. I don't have a clue. I have no idea what I was. But um, what I would do is I'd sneak backstage when bands came through town, and I'd pass them my info and just I think I terrified them to be honest. I'd sneak into green rooms and everything else. And <laughs> I found one guy out of Florida who was a musician. He did some cool stuff uh, with like the Atlanta Symphony and all these different groups. And and he was basically he humored me, I guess. He was like, "Yeah, send me some some stuff." And then he was kind enough to kind of connect me with some music projects. And then at, at like 16 or 17, I actually ended up going into Florida to play in like bands with all these grownups, which was super weird, but fun. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of happening. And I go back to Montana, dead. And then uh, <laughs> a demo <laughs> and then a demo kind of like landed in the right place. And then I got a call to play. Uh, guitar in this like hip hop duo thing out of Dallas, Texas, um, and they were under a label. I don't, I don't know if it's still around or not. I think it's called like Tooth and Nail. I think Capital bought that label. I think they're. It's w- weird enough is that in my catalog now, the first track I ever did, which was some indie label thing, is now a Universal project. So it got sucked up at some point along right. years. But Dallas, Texas was my first like fly in, paid on tour thing, and then after that, it was wasn't long after I moved to just blindly moved to Los Angeles to pursue it but hard it, in hand. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say it better have your, it's like, see you at Disneyland, yep. bring money. Like basically you, it was like, yeah, apartment wasn't secured until I was driving through Vegas. So I'm like on the phone, like, yeah, I'll take it. Is it, you know, is available. So I, uh, so I was right by the, um, the Burbank airport okay. and, uh, I had a, a light relationship with the local gang cause they hung out on the stoop. Uh, of my apartment so i'd be like hey guys super awkward <laughs> um but yeah hey. that was like how i yeah <laughs> like they'd be they, there's they actually would be getting busted and the cop would be there i'd i would be like hey guys just gonna sorry just gonna get right by here just squeeze <laughs> up the stairs <laughs> but it was it was worth it man like it was yeah. i had to do it so it worked <laughs> well i mean it's, what's what's cool to me is everybody i talk to has formed a different path i mean there's no there's no one prescription there's no no way that you could say to somebody okay what you've got to do is move to to rural montana and then start sneaking (laughs) into concerts and uh then 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 go to florida and 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 then texas and then and then blindly move to california that's the secret to to making it and and becoming a you know platinum selling artist um (laughs) it's just it it, nobody would believe it if you told you but that's the that's the way that that's the way it happened. No, the only there's a the guarantee is if you can handle being kicked in the face. Oh, my audio just crashed. I'm so glad I have this microphone now. That's just doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> we're back in. It'll just be a big sloppy file. I forgot what was the last question. Where are we at? 
Well, we were. I was. We, <laughs> and seen. Uh, they. What we were talking about was was just the path that that you've taken. That, um, yeah. you know, nobody would believe it if you if you if you told them this is the mm-hmm. this is the way to do it because there isn't a prescription, and no. yet everybody finds their own path and sometimes it works. My dad got into music uh, and wanted. I mean, really, really, his his dream was to be a singer songwriter. Yeah. And he, uh, he and Chuck Lorre, who's who's also been very successful in the mm-hmm. uh, entertainment business. Uh, Chuck created a bunch yeah. of shows, uh, Big Bang Theory, Mike and Molly, Two and, and a Half Men. The end of like every show. Yeah, correct. If it's a, if it's a, <laughs> if it's a multi-camera sitcom, pretty much it's it Chuck Lorre's show. Yeah. and Chuck Chuck wrote it best, but he said that the secret to doing great in comedy is to find something you love and fail miserably at it <laughs> and and then find a new career yeah. <laughs> because that's what he did he wanted chuck wanted to be a musician and yeah. uh just like my dad did my dad was not particularly successful at at being a musician and chuck Lorre actually wrote the theme song his biggest hit was he wrote the theme song to teenage mutant ninja turtles I didn't know that's, Chuck Lorre wrote that. Yeah, Chuck Lorre wrote the theme song to Teenage Mutant Ninja me, Turtles. I would, man, I would, that's yeah. done. That's success yeah. right there. Are you kidding right. me? Done. And then, right, uh, wow. check that one off and then move on to... I don't to, even care about his sitcoms. That's legit. <laughs> <laughs> so that's... Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, huh. um... You, oh. I mean, you, you, you obviously had a bunch of success. You got, you got into the Sunset Strip music scene, um, oh. moved through all of that, but also you've... You've had a lot of um, of interplay with technology. Technology has really mattered a lot to to, to the stuff that you've done. Yeah, uh, kind of had a lifelong fascination with dismantling and modifying. How did you get into that yeah. stuff? Again, it's kind of weird. Like I feel, I feel like in the last several years, my life is very reminiscent of Slumdog Millionaire. Not nearly as dark and complex, but all these stupid things that I was I was doing in order to compensate for maybe rural and lack of entertainment or whatever. One of them was, was technology, I guess. Uh, so when I was like six and stuff, I just started taking things apart. I uh, wanted to know how the infrared sensors on TV remotes worked. And for whatever reason, my parents were totally fine with me just ripping things apart. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. Honestly, to this day, I still have no idea why. That They're like, you go get it. I'm like, and then when it, was mu- when it was music, they're like, wait, what is what is that? Um, but it, it led into uh, walkie-talkies. And so then I'd rip apart these walkie-talkies and I'd find components and things. And long story short, I got into, I think it's a technically 11-meter radio, CB radio. Okay. Um, later, I'd move into like ham radio. But anyways, I started to build up gear. I found somebody locally who was in this like CB radio world. And so he would help me kind of like build things and modify things so I could talk to honestly anywhere in the world. So I was this little kid and I'd be talking to people in Jamaica and Australia and stuff. <laughs> Wild. And they had no idea what I sounded like because I could modify the microphone to make me sound older. Uh, okay. So I was going to say, like, like, yeah, you're like so, pirate gypsy radio, like whatever the, the term is. Like, you're, <laughs> did you have your license? Like, you're supposed to have to get your... So, your <laughs> Well, so for CB radio, the FCC has cleared that one. You do not need a license. However, you cannot use illegal things to amplify your signal, which I definitely didn't do. I did. <laughs> but, and that's how you could talk out further. Right. Uh, on top of it, I did do shortwave radio where I would listen to actual pirate stations, which was super sure. 
super bad in the FCC's eyes, you know? Right. Um, so that it kind of turned into this weird technology thing. And at the same time, I, you know, I, and at the time I didn't see, it was just what I did. I guess most kids would be like playing pogs and I wanted to read an aviation book or something. <laughs> I didn't know it was a problem, but my grandma would like get all these popular mechanics magazines and like set them aside for me. So I was a little kid pouring through all of these, like what the future is going to look like. Right. Um, so that was like my side life while I was doing all this music stuff. And this just didn't have a place. It wouldn't, you know what I mean? It doesn't exist in my future. It's just fun. Right. It was just a side and, thing. Just Yeah. And then somehow the two collided uh, in the last several years. Like, and now I'm, I'm neck deep and fusing it all together in a big mutant pile. Yeah. So talk to me about the mutant pile. Uh, the, yeah. The what, mutant pile. Yeah. yeah the Melusine platform. I, 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 I've tried <laughs> to research it. And I yeah, don't it's super, fully understand it's super, it. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we're in, uh, what do they call it, uh, stealth mode right now. Okay. Um, so what happened is that I'm a Gibson artist, and I was working with Gibson, and I was like, I think we should be able to do more with uh, with your brand on guitars. And like uh, a lot of brands, they kind of just go for that rock and roll thing, which is cool. But I was like meeting with them and discussing options to make guitar a little more accessible to all kinds of genres and, and involving it in, uh, you know, producing like what you can do with the guitar is a production controller or stuff like that right and so while that's going on i had this harebrained idea that in 2025 i was going to figure out how to do all of this in vr when vr mattered and started to care like anybody yep. cared about it but once the pandemic hit everything just kind of exploded and then in one of the meetings with gibson i mentioned that and they were just like well hold up let's you know Forget all this other stuff you're talking about. What's Hold this? up, we got to rock it till the wheels fall off. Like, Basically, yeah, like uh, yeah. So I'm like, so I was like, well, that's my uh, my VR thing, and they're like, well, we want to talk more about that. And so then I was like, okay, well, let me get back to you. And that was when it just kind of started to snowball. So I contacted my patent attorney, and I was like, I need to get this thing patented, and blah blah blah. Tech teams, it was ridiculous, just from zero to a thousand miles an hour. Um, yeah. And then the technology that allows people to bring any real-world music into the the Melusine platform was born so that uh, people can bring their guitar into the platform and plug it in, piano, keyboard, DJ, whatever. And you can then be in a space, a virtual space, with your band, your audience. You and I could be doing this entire podcast as in a virtual space on top of a mountain. Well, um, why aren't we, Chad? because it's a slow process in the corporate tech world i found out (laughs) that's where i'm at now yeah i was like this i i because i fall along the lines of this is supposed to be the future where's my rocket yeah like yes and that is why going back to the popular mechanics stuff and all that i always thought that we were going to be there and then this is another weird slumdog millionaire moment as i was on tour in europe and i was exhausted and hadn't slept for like three days and i was getting on a train from like paris to london and uh, my manager was like you know here's your go here basically show up here right and before i knew it i was riding on the um the high-speed train that goes under the english channel right the channel train, which yeah. i read about when i was a little kid how in the future there'll be a train that goes underneath <laughs> the thing and all of a sudden i was i was on the train and i i couldn't believe how musty it smelled when we were going yep. under the thing but i was like this is like the only thing that happened from all of the, uh, this is it. So then it yeah. kind of also got me going like, I, no one's, if no one's doing it, I, maybe I should just do it. I don't have a clue what I'm doing, but I'll do it. Well, that's, that's part of the thing. <laughs> I mean, it, it's okay. Guess I got to do it. Yeah. Like hold my beer. Yeah. I, 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 right. You know, I'll 
fine. Like that's yeah, that's how it kind of kicked off. So then it was like I know a bit about tech. I used to rip the stuff apart. I used to modify radios so if I wanted to, I could talk to the police on them and get in trouble and whatever. But <laughs> what if I applied that to something that actually mattered? Right. Um, and so then that's where that's what it turned into. And then we, it, you know, launching companies and uh, investors and all that stuff is insanity. Um, and then we went through a wave of a bunch of people throwing money at us, but they wanted to take it and kind of yeah. make it their own thing. They, everybody wants to retrofit it back into 2008. Yeah. So they're like, you can't just have people able to monetize their spaces and do things like that. We need to do it this way. And so we're like, we can't. That's, you're going to ruin it. Well, so. Yeah. I, that's, I, I imagine a huge challenge because we find that in in my business in the entertainment business so often that somebody comes in with an idea and yeah. what what everybody really wants to do is try and fit it into the box that they right. have waiting and right. that just doesn't you go you're you're this is new you're coming at this mm-hmm. from 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 the wrong perspective we we can't use the old rules to apply here we've got to be right leading which is yeah. And, and like it comes trick. from the evolution and that's a part of it is I've because I was uh, and as a kid, you know, I'd be reading books on in, inventors and and patents and stuff like that. When I was a kid, I was interested in getting patented for it. I don't know, man. I didn't tell anybody this stuff, by the way. I was like the secret nerd kid who was like nerding out and I get around my my guys and be like, let's go play some basketball. But <laughs> like what I what I saw is I saw that the pattern of technology is actually what pushes art and innovation. It's not the art doesn't create the technology. that's what creates the art like we wouldn't have uh rap and djing if it weren't for the fact that they couldn't get the expensive guitars and all that so people just pieced together home entertainment gear to make it so the technology is what moves it and right now we're in this just sludge of beating a dead horse there's no technology pushing it into the next evolution and that's where i was like again waiting for somebody to do it and then I was like, I, I guess I have to try and do it. Guess I have to do it. Well, I guess I, I have to do it. Thanks, I mean, thanks, Marty McFly. Sense, thanks, thanks a lot, Marty. <laughs> thanks, Biff, Doc Brown. The, you know, I mean, you, you can you, all the inventions. I mean, necessity is in a sense mm-hmm. the mother of invention, right? So yeah. we're we're in the middle of a pandemic. Now, mm-hmm. wouldn't it be really cool if we had this way to yeah. grow community, foster connectedness when we're disconnected? Yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, it, it look back at, at the invention of the solid body electric guitar, right? Les yeah. Paul, right? Okay. Yeah. Like what, what, why, what, well, I, yeah. what I wanted that sound that couldn't yeah. happen any other way. Um, yeah. He just made it happen. He was, yeah. and he didn't know what he was doing. He just made it happen. Yeah. So, and I found that, and the thing is, is he didn't even have YouTube. Now, if you want to make something or do I anything, just found just that YouTube out. it. You know? I just found out that Les Paul didn't have YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> Quick fact. I don't know if you knew this or not. Les Paul did not have access to YouTube. <laughs> so that was the thing is I was like, you know, I, I have all this accumulative knowledge of things. And then I, at some point I squeezed in my media arts degree. And I just kind of like started piecing it into a big blob. And I was like, this is the only way this is going to work or not. But right. I got to still like just go for it. Well, that's a that's another lesson for 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 people out there is the the no I mean look you go, I I don't know if it's going to work that's yeah. a a constant problem that that we've talked about in other episodes is that people dismiss things because they haven't done them before and they don't know where the line is right 
And so you go, I, I can't do that. You go, how do you know you haven't even tried? Like yeah. that you, you haven't gone down that road. And well, that's, you know, that's, 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 that's past. I don't have that strength. I don't have that whatever. And you go, well, you don't, again, you don't know where your breaking point is. I talked yeah. with, I've talked with a couple of guests and I don't think they've all published yet. And I, I, I sound like a broken record on this sometimes, but there's a, uh, a, 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 principle in like the Navy SEALs of, of learning where your line is that when you think mm. you're about to give up, about to yeah. drown, about to do whatever, you're really only at 40%. So just realize you've yeah. got, you think the line's here and it's way over here and you've got so much more to give. When it comes to uh, what can I do? Do I know I'm going to succeed? No, I don't. I don't know if I've got a guaranteed result here. There's, there's almost right. no guaranteed result, but yeah. why not try something cool? Because if it really turns out, yeah. this would be awesome. I mean, awesome. Yeah, well, that it's and that was the other thing is like the Wright brothers, according to science at the time, nobody would fly for a thousand years. We have a thousand years to crack the physics of flight. <laughs> and these guys, because of the succession of the combustion engine becoming smaller. Right. These guys basically like, well, we just slap one of these on a thing. And they just did it. And then all of a sudden, if anything, it just disproved that you cannot just never underestimate the innovation of strange people. Because yeah. if you're willing to try it, you know, again, almost everything that's ever been created is because of just a, well, let's just see what happens here. Um, yeah. Well, and, and I, I have the luxury of even just now, I can I can actually find, pheno- like, I had to build phenomenal teams that that are able to build it and be like, it works. Like, this actually works. And Look I didn't have to, like, risk my life. I didn't have to jump on a plane and do it myself. So I, how... Do you do that? What's the secret? How do you, tell me about how to form a worldwide team to build a technology platform in um, uh, three minutes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's easy. <laughs> super, super easy. Um, so as a musician, I'm constantly having to find over the years, I need to find a bass player, drummer, blah, blah, blah. And then you just kind of have these networks of, hey, do you guys know any good drummers or whatever? And then you just kind of piece it together. And then you find out if they suck or not. Right. Uh, I just kind of end up doing that through, I have friends who are geniuses that have done stuff for the military nasa and everybody else i just started kind of just making calls and just hitting them up and this my one friend lives in colorado and he's part of some huge cybersecurity company i'm like who am i looking for in this situation right i'm calling like a family member i think they're like intel or something i'm like who what does this look like and so i just started piecing together this like really not very interesting a team sort of thing of just people that do different things and then seeing if they all can collaborate together so I was able to find these different components and then get everybody in meetings and be like, this is what I'm doing. I want to apply this to this, tweak this. Can we do it? And then they would leave right. and then come back and be like, yeah, we can do it. Well, it's, so, I, 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 I think the, the big thing is always, I don't, I'm not the expert here. You guys are yeah. ostensibly the experts. Yeah. Is this possible? Can this be done? How do, yeah. who, who else do I need? What else do I need to know? What? Right. What are we not thinking? Why can't this work? Which is, yeah. I, I suppose, a little bit of an Elon Musk thing, kind of too. It's like I don't understand why we don't have yeah. this. Yeah, um, like I mean, and I got yelled at a lot. I got a really, a lot of really, the amount of people who got really emotionally upset at me for even suggesting we could bring in and kind of evolve music in some capacity in the metaverse, which used to just be called VR before Zuckerberg slapped his name on it, but yeah. that made a lot of people really mad so i had to go through calls of, of technicians and things like that and they'd be like how dare you suggest that that's even music if it's going over an internet connection it's just wild how many people yeah no no you 
it was the weirdest thing in the world to have these conversations where they'd be like, how dare you ruin the purity of music? Um, and it's entirely based upon, I'm like, upon what? The fact that we're collaborating through the internet, like through through a VR space, like, yeah. but they were, yeah, a lot of people got really mad until I found the people that were like, this is phenomenal, let's do it. Right. Well, that's, I, again, finding finding advocates to, to add to your team is... One yeah. of the most crucial skills of all. I, yeah. you know, that I, I liken it a little bit to the people who say that digital recording destroyed right. music, and you go exactly. I can explain to you. It, I need a whiteboard and lots of right. charts, but I can explain to you why the Nyquist Shannon algorithm proves that a digital <laughs> recording reproduces perfectly the signal right. that comes through. The problem right. is that it's perfect. Right. Yeah. It is it is a an exact representation. There is no noise, there's yeah. no loss, there's no whatever. It it's is perfect. exactly what got fed in. So yeah. you can tell me that 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 those uh uh phonograph records back there sound better and, and that's right. a personal yeah, assessment. Totally. Right. But the don't truth get mad is about it. Right. But to, right <laughs> the, but, but don't don't, don't be upset that, that that somebody's come up with a way to, to do something that again Beyond a shadow of a doubt, I can show you is exactly yeah. a one-to-one replication of, of what yeah. you got. It messes math. with people's, their, it messes with like their, their reality anchor stones for yeah. some reason. If you're like, yeah. you know, like, and like, again, we could have an entire podcast on audio quality between MP3s and lossless files and all day long. But at the end of the day, uh, the kid that's like rapping at a party and Compton, yeah. he doesn't care if it's an MP3 or a vinyl. Just give him some music to do his thing, and everybody's hyped. Well, that's they're good. And that's the you other know? part of it. It's like there's there's a degree we can split hairs here, right? But the average person one won't be able to tell the difference beyond a, right. a certain level, and yeah. two, that you have it is yeah. way better than not having it at all. Exactly. So, you know, it, it, I mean, it, imagine what it would have been like. To have never had recorded sound, and then you get that Thomas Edison. I know. Uh, you <laughs> yeah, know, wax symphony. cylinder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, or was it? No, it was Mary, Mary Had a Little Lamb, I think, was the very first. Sounded, yeah. like, sounded like straight out of a nightmare, by the way. Yeah. No, but, really, yeah, it really it worked. Yeah. And back then, people were like, oh, I love it. It sounds so right. real. This is the bee's knees. <laughs> it's a cat's meow, man. Like, this is. Meanwhile, the, Ouija you know. boards are spinning in the background. That thing is terrifying. <laughs> So creepy, but but yeah, but it worked, and that was Better. exactly yeah. You just gotta, and also it advanced. I mean, that's the thing, right? Yeah. It very quickly, the the yeah. the Victor company came out with the Victrola and the this and the that, and yeah. that gave us seventy eight RPM records and exactly. forty five RPM records. And it started records. to and it started to push music out of that, uh, you know, that guy in the back of the bar on a yeah cat gut string guitar. Yeah. Like now all of a sudden it's it's everywhere. Like music right. exists now. Yeah. It's whatever gets the job done effectively, quickly, and cheaply. But then these other people, they'll be like, I'm still mixing my uh, my bass. I've been on it. Same track for three years. But I'm getting a real close. Like nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> That's the other side of it is you, you know? it, you're, you're measured on what you release and what you put yeah. out and what what gets done we have yeah. a similar problem with people who've been working on their same screenplay for 15 oh, yeah, years they're everywhere go, oh my 
gosh, that's yes. I mean, that's the heart of heartbeat of L.A. It is so crazy. That stuff is crazy. And like, I'm in the music world, and I run into some of those guys that they've been tweaking their debut album for nine years or whatever. <laughs> they're it's they're never nothing's right. ever going to happen. But no. those screenplay, I know some screenplay people that are just like, I'm like, this is what how. I don't have that much commitment to be involved with something that never finishes. Like, no. I have to finish it, even if it's complete diarrhea. I need to finish it and get it out of my life. Whereas they were like, I have seen the the, the level of complexity these people go to for their weird script. I'm actually doing a lot of, like, improv right now. Because oh, yeah. what I do is get in the care. I'm like... Dude, you know that scriptwriters they slam out like fifty scripts a day, and it, they're hustling. You have one every one for your lifetime, right? Well, that's and again, they w- trying to explain to to people, and I don't know if you've found this as well, but um, for 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 scripts and and things like that, if for some reason somehow you ever got that great script that you've just made out, yeah, and and somebody liked it, the next question is, what else do you have? Like and yeah. you, uh, I, I don't have anything. You else. You just I've got your for... foot in the crack of the door right. with the one script. And it's the same with music people. Like I meet a lot of um, these people that are, they're just stuck in in a genre or in an old way of thinking. It's fr- it's actually really fascinating to me that as time goes on, and like I personally, I call it chasing ghosts. Don't chase ghosts. You'll never win. You'll never succeed. When I was growing up, I was chasing the ghost of like the Chili Peppers. Sure. You know what I mean? Love the Chili. They're great. Whatever. But at some point, I was like, they already existed. That already happened. That's already done. I can't bring that to the table. It's it's over. It's a ghost. It doesn't exist. But I know so many musicians I that just indefinitely chase the uh, mamas and the papas. Or the, and I'm just like, I'm sorry. And I would love for that to be the world we're in. Right. But it's not. <laughs> like, if you want to... Ex- if you want to survive, you got to put something... Do something that actually is going to go. Or just keep doing retro music in your you know and that yeah. nobody cares about and it's well, good stuff but it, have some fun have yeah some fun, have fun with it know. don't worry but, about it you know yeah. so <laughs> i have a couple more questions um yeah uh, for you and just lots of lots of fun stuff because i'm enjoying it i think we could probably go on for hours I'm, but i like fun stuff i need some fun hey fun I, fun i want some fun i don't know what day it is but i'm here for the fun Fun, 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 at least until Daddy took the T-Bird away, to quote mm. the Beach mm. Boys. Thank you. Um, That's something. So, I mean, what do you see as the future of the music business? Like, how do you... That's... Well, part of it is, again, you're, you're creating community with the Melusine platform. You're, you're yeah. able to, to bring people together in a virtual space. But it seems to me just as an observation as an ignorant but intelligent observer i'd like to think that that it's harder and harder to build a fan base these days when when we're more and more disconnected and and more spread out i mean just things are more more disparate these days with with the signal to noise ratio is is all screwed up there's just so much content out there even finding what you're looking for is difficult yeah it's crazy but it's crazy. You know, how 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 do people form the, 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 the community, the fan base, the whatever to to be successful in the music business in the future? What do you see? Put I mean, I see a, 
a lot of crazy stuff. A lot of stuff that I'm trying to build in that arena. You know, I think the future of music, again, it's going to be propelled forward with what the technology can do with it. And right now, there are brilliant artists all over the planet, and the majority of them, you know, live in their parents' basement and have three fans. Um, the the models that we have are... We kind of got to a point now where the art is probably the fourth most important thing on the list. First, got to have the viral dance video in order to then talk about whatever song. It's kind of gotten mixed up yeah. um and i'm not like saying it's either or but in the future i think people who who are in it for the, the the art the music the creativity but again what music has done throughout all time is it's provided a social space for people to just exist to share ideas music collaborate and create things whereas now the last thing you need to know how to do is to actually be an artist or make music First, yeah. you need to know how to do all your social media and stuff like that. Yes. And what I'm seeing is that I know I know some absolutely brilliant Beethoven-level artists who are just done because they are not good-looking people and they do not have the TikTok skills and everything else and the industry has no interest in that. But if they can exist in a space where they can kind of like, they can monetize what they're doing and access the very people on these platforms. Like, I, mm-hmm. I can't tour throughout Papua New Guinea to my five fans over there and have it be worthwhile. It's going to cost an arm and a leg. Or, but what these platforms, what, it's going to, what it does is it allows all of your fragmented fan base to actually come and be a part of what you're doing. It doesn't matter where they are. So right. for the first time, you get to tour and perform however you want for whoever you want, and you're in charge of it, and you can do it from your bedroom in your underwear if you want. But as the platform evolves and as we move forward, it goes from like right now we're in that kind of 90s welcome to eBay kind of thing. But as it progresses, it's more of a it's mixed reality to where people can perform in a space live while their fans from other places are in the space as well. You can all interact with each other Um, that along with some really uh, insane programs and projects that I'm putting into Melusine to collaborate and to help aid artists and creatives is going to, in my opinion, if I succeed, it will bring in a version of music and creativity that we have not seen possible until now. So whereas we think of music in a time linear form or here's how it goes, what I am trying to build is obviously give people tools. If they just want to be a folk singer and keep it, keep it old school. Fantastic. But I am trying to push it for the people who are like, I think music can go into the into the future now. That is something that I'm building into the platform. I can't obviously break it down, but it takes music out of its limited space of art and turns it into something that humans have not yet experienced on a sonic and visual level. Okay. And that is what yeah. So I'm basically music does not have to exist in one way. Your song can exist in a bunch of different ways you just don't have the capacity to do that yet but you right. will i and like when it. that happens then music will kind of have it's jumped again kind of like when yes. rock and roll showed up this potentially i mean unless i screw the whole thing up then i'll just get a job at mcdonald's but <laughs> it could be that that really cool launch pad into just something further than what we thought possible with music yeah, it'll blow it'll it'll blow people's minds when it when it comes out. If, unless this is I gonna be awesome. 
unless I fail. Then I, well, hey, uh, failure is not an option, Chad. Like you better, man. Honestly, look, I could we could I could do eight podcasts on how many times I've failed, and I'm I'm a master at getting kicked in the teeth. In fact, that is my skill set. People are like, oh, you must be a good guitarist or songwriter. I'm like, no, I can get kicked in the face a lot, and I just keep getting back up. <laughs> Whether people want me to or not, I keep getting back up. <laughs> well, I, I don't. That's the. There is a, a a big component of keep moving forward that yeah. that lots of people have have said that like you mm-hmm. you're going to get knocked down you got to get back up you got to keep yeah. fighting unless you're ready to hang up the gloves and mm-hmm. uh you know yeah. stop like either I feel like that I think that's it honestly like yeah it doesn't matter what you were doing and even if you suck at it if you're willing to keep getting back up and it hurts and you just keep getting kicked and kicked, eventually you're going to figure out, well, if I do this, I get kicked in you know, this part of my face. Maybe I should try doing this instead. Eventually you're going to figure it out. Um, most people, they just get tired of being kicked in the face. And yeah, I got I, something probably wrong with me on several levels, but I got to the point where it was like a kick in the face means check off the list. <laughs> I'm on the right so, track, man. I'm right. Close. So I'm like, if I if I get eight kicks to the face in one shot, even better, because that's off the list, right? You know, well, so I, there's they, they say that that and I, somebody it was probably Martin Seligman uh, wrote a book called Learned Optimism, but he yeah. he talked about um so the the, the that life insurance salesman uh, used to go door to door, right? Yeah, had to right. had to sell insurance door to door, and. That you kind of had two kinds of people. You had the people who saw, uh, who, who realized that the statistics were not in their favor, that yeah. that only one in 10 people was actually interested in buying life insurance. So when the door slammed in their face nine times, they right. checked off their nine no's and now they were right. much closer to a yes. Exactly. And, you know, you get kicked in the yeah. teeth a couple of times like, all right, closer, closer, closer. Here we go. Let's Somebody's going to say yes. Yeah. Let's. Right. Like, and I got some really hard kicks in the teeth you know early out of the gate and i feel like at the time i thought my life was going to implode and all that but looking back i'm like i'm kind of glad that i got the hardest kicks to my face for when i was super green (laughs) and now it's just kind of like ah is that it you know you kind of get to this weird stride where you're sore but you know you're still moving yeah yeah all right (laughs) It's an awesome place to be. I, I hope should, to get we there myself. We should write a self-help book. I mean, look yeah. at us right now. Look, look at, at we, us. This is, right? this is, this is high-quality advice. Solved, we just solved life. Life. Done. Life. Thank you very Done. much. If you want to know more about Thank Chad you. Gerber. This, <laughs> podcast. this podcast is the end because we solved everything. We've Welcome solved everything. Utopia. Yes. Thank you, guys. It's, I can't top this episode. Yeah, the, this um, Nirvana. It's It's Nirvana. So we've got a few more uh, uh, little things to cover if you've still got a little time. I've got, uh, look, I had some meeting thing earlier that was exhausting and boring, so this is great. <laughs> so, <laughs> perfect. Yes. The, um, so one of the questions that that I ask, I try to ask almost everybody, is what's the biggest fallacy in your business that it seems like everybody buys into? That's just utter BS that's like, don't give oh, it to gosh, time man. Day. In music industry, that's like 99% of everything. <laughs> I honestly don't even know where to start on that one. Um, I think one of the saddest ones is that good music will rise to the top. No, it will not. It is buried under seven miles of just filth and trash. And it's not anyone's fault. It's just that's how 
you know, the industry works and it pushes that if an eight year old has a song where the beats a fart and it's playing and everybody likes it, then that's what's going to get your that's going to beat out the Beatles. Like, so that's that's one. Um, You know, the other one, I guess I'll just start with what somebody taught me when I was super when I was getting started. They said, um, if you're good, you don't have to pay anybody to make things happen for you. So if you have to pay somebody to want your music or pay somebody, I'm not talking like marketing, but I'm talking like, uh, you know, managers or booking agency. Sure. If you have to pay them, just walk away. Um, and I know that's probably contradicting what I said about uh, good music rises to the top, but it kind of forces you to be creative on how to get to the top without shilling out what little money you may or may not have. Yeah. Um, and that's actually, I got stuck in that loop with Sony music back when I got started because an a and rep liked what I did. When I got to LA, they liked what I was doing. And they're like, send us some music and send us some music. And all I had access to was the big studios. And a friend yeah. of mine worked at it and would like cut me a deal. But it would still end up costing like three, four hundred bucks a song. And so I was like, money gone, money gone. And every time I sent it to Sony, like, oh, we love it. Send us, send us some more. Send us some more. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm literally making fried chicken at Ralph's and then going to the studio all night. Right. to make this i'm like and i'm like i'm dying here so that was where for me i was like i can't keep doing it but what if i just go through the indie world a bit first you know and make my make some money and figure out what i'm doing yeah. so adaptability and being able to just like survive but there is no here's how you do it that right it does not exist well it's i mean that goes along with the other component of what's the most kind of underrated concept um, mm-hmm. but people overlook like people overlook a lot of things. So I, what, so what do you, I mean, what do you think people are overlooking most of the time these days in the music business as a, as a, like be, to be an artist in the, in the music? Yeah. World? You know, just from where I'm sitting, I think the key to survival right now until things shift again and to succeed is you have to build alliances. Like when you're getting started, you feel like everybody's your competition, but building alliances is a key component. Um, if it's another band, another singer-songwriter, collaborating and constantly just having sort of a support group, uh, a rising tide raises all ships. Yep. So what happens is you kind of form these these crews, and then this person starts to pop off, and nine times out of ten, when they do need somebody to jump on this record or the tour open, they pull you up too. Um, the dangerous part about that is if you pull onto your team some lump that doesn't do anything... Yeah. You want to try to find people who are just maybe they don't, you know, know exactly what they're doing, but they're hustling and grinding hard. You yeah. want those people on your team, create yeah. an alliance and just be like, let's do this together because there's plenty of room for everybody once you just, you know, break through the mud. Yeah. Well, I mean, that goes along. I watched a quote from Charlie Munger, who's uh, uh, Warren Buffett's kind of right hand man. And it's really they're a yeah. partnership between Charlie and Warren Buffett. And he said, look, there's no shortage of good people in the world. Find as many of those people as you can, get them in your life, and keep the rest of the hell out. Like, that's yeah. just, you it's know. It's hard. It's hard. hard. Man, is that hard. Easier said than done. A lot of them come done. in, a lot of them come in, and they're like, I'm good. I'm a good person, too. Take me. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. And then they're the worst. They're the worst. So that, that's hard. Don't, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. I don't want to say don't trust anyone, but, man, that's hard. <laughs> I brought well, some horrible people in, you know, and just setting off in bombs in the middle of my what I'm trying to do and having to rebuild, like, 
And I don't, even in retrospect, I'm like, what would I have done different? Hired a PI to follow him around? Like, yeah. I don't know how you how you vet somebody that's just that sneaky. Well, actually, you know, I, I talked to a guest. Actually, I am a PI, and <laughs> I do. <laughs> I talked to a guest yesterday who's an expert in facial profiling. Who's Ooh, I love that stuff. Yeah, he's got I a love that uh, stuff. He's got a course on it that that uh, I'm gonna oh my gosh. Uh, that 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 everybody will have a, have access we to. We should that, do that together. We should oh. go into his class. Yes, great. I'm on my way. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> he's in New. He's he's in Australia, so it's Never it'll be mind. a little bit of a journey. Never mind. Let's um, do the podcast. Yeah, we might have to do the remote the remote class, but <laughs> definitely. <remote>. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but but still, that 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 there might be a way. But otherwise, unless you're an expert in facial profiling, or whatever other kind of thing i i don't know how you how you don't have have a couple of of duds show up and i don't the, know and the question is then just get them out as quickly get as you out. can once you realize that get them out the, some of the worst ones that i had to deal with were the ones that i some of the people i grew up with oh yeah which is the biggest sneak attack i mean my gosh <sighs> talk about endurance you hung around for this long to just mess everything like wow why over. you know and then you meet some other random person at a party and then that's your that's your ally for forever right i don't know i, don't I know. definitely should not give relationship advice that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> that's a dangerous one yeah I, I, that's I, just, i'm not gonna touch that i won't i won't either i don't have a good track record there no, so know what i'm doing on on that wonderful note, if you want to know more about Chad Gerber, you can check him out on Instagram at Instagram slash Chad Gerber on uh, Melusine.com or WoodrowGerber.com. All these links will be in the description. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, and until man. next time, I'm Andrew Wallace. And we don't have a problem. We've got an opportunity. Hopefully. Per- hopefully. <laughs> I'm going to end with that. That's perfect. <laughs>